It's a quarantine cast for the Serviceable Starter podcast. My name is Andrew Irvin, and I'm joined with a bunch of just fools chilling in bunkers around Las Vegas. I got Austin Taylor, Kyle Frazier, Sasai Alakan Cabanas. How are we doing tonight, boys? Doing good, man. Hanging in there. We're hanging in there, right? Definitely. How are we doing, Austin? I'm alive. That's that's the important thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're distancing. We're distancing. We're doing yeah. this via Anchor. We're on a call. This is. I've been looking forward to this. This, this should be a lot of fun. We got a lot of good takes, a lot of off-season news to cover. Um, not a lot of sports to watch unless you're watching uh, Bleacher Reports, Madden's Goat Sim, or whatever else, the, the Ocho, reruns of ESPN 8, the Ocho, or whatever you got. We have no baseball, we have no hockey, we have we have WrestleMania, which we'll get to later, but um, <laughs> um, it's 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 been an interesting time for us as avid consumers of every sport, no matter what it is. It's going to be interesting to see when this viral sickness hits its stride, how everything's going to play out for all these sports leagues and how these commissioners are going to react and what we're going to do with what we're going to talk about with the NFL season, with the draft being on video call now. We were supposed to get it here in our city. Like, what What are the odds that we were actually going to get a draft here in Las Vegas and we just absolutely get ruined by this virus? Like, it's it's horrible. And then we get we get the Raiders here which is exciting in its own right. I'm not a Raiders fan. None of us are Raiders fans, but it's going to be interesting to see. They built this monument for this team that they also needed getting out of the Coliseum. And now like, what are we going to do with this season? But there's a lot of time to tell that for now. Um, We'll get to some news. Talk about how our president spoke with uh, the commissioners of sports all over, all over with uh, Commissioner Silver and Roger Goodell, asking them how they feel if the virus is going to decimate seasons just in total, just uh, no playoffs, no nothing to look forward to. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA is going to play out. The MLB um, opening opening day was supposed to happen a little over a week ago. We've been ruined out of that. So, Sasai, I want your take. When when do you think we're going to be seeing baseball this year? Um, uh, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I, I cannot answer that question because it's just like the way I look at it is if they go on with the season, they're going to have to do it without fans if they want it to end in time. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it would play out with the whole TV scheduling and all that <clears> stuff if, if – baseball went into like december or january you know what i mean like (laughs) do we do we do we really want baseball you know on the east coast where it's probably gonna you're gonna get a lot a lot more weather games a lot more weather delays regardless you know what i mean because you know if you're playing baseball on the east coast you know during december you're gonna you're gonna hit hit some cities that have snow and a lot of those ballparks are are outdoor parks so i don't know it's it's really really weird um unfortunately i just think this is just not the year for sports it just seems to be destined that way. I think we'll be lucky enough to just see, even see football without fans. So I don't know what they're going to do with the MLB season, but I, I, I just think they should just skip it at this point. 
Absolutely. Let's say it's heartbreaking to hear. Obviously, my my guy's the size of a big baseball fan, as am I. But uh, I don't think it's gonna put a a dent that big into either sport where they gotta um, close off the season entirely. I think they'll pick up. I mean, baseball is a tricky one. Spring training, you know, is important for pitchers, especially to work up their their pitch counts and and uh, obviously they can't just absolutely. You know, if this clears out, they're not going to do uh, opening day without another version of spring training or something like it because those guys need a, oh, wow. you know, they, they need their reps. And, and these guys are throwing up to 100 miles an hour. You can't just ask them to do that without any preparation. So it's a slippery slope. But I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that the season will still start. Obviously, not on time. This was one of the first times that the MLB season was going to start in March, typically April. Um, but that obviously isn't happening i'm hope i'm hoping they, they, yeah. originally they said um late may early june that was the first target they're going for with uh this with the opening day being delayed but even that's looking like it's in jeopardy now so who knows at this point but i don't think they'll chop the season entirely yeah man we're we're without march madness we're without the mlb at this point nhl nba it's it's all so crazy and it's 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 even more insane to hear that this thing hasn't really truly hit its stride yet. And it's, it's making me very hopeless to see any sort of sports happening in the summer. And it's with the off season programs with the NFL, it's just like you said, like a, a lot, a lot of players do skip out on these OTAs and the meetings and whatnot. And it, that's, that's pretty commonplace, but it's, it's making us look at it on a whole new, whole new scope where the guy, the, the young guys that need to show up, like how's this going to go with contracts? And they just established the new CBA and everything. Like it's this, I feel like we were so unprepared as humanity and it's, it's never happened. This has never happened in our, in our time. And we're just, it's so hard to grasp that we're going to be losing out on all of this, um, all these, all these sports at this point. And it's, it's crazy that nothing's on. Like you, you check your phone every single morning and you have some sort of new scores or news or some sort of things and games are happening every day, especially with the, the MLB and the NHL and the NBA. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I have no clue what the NFL is going to do. And I think they're keeping their, I think they're keeping their cards close to their chest at this point. They're just because they have they have a good amount of leeway uh, until August and September. So it's going to be interesting to see how owners and every everybody the uh, the commissioners are uh, they're going to approach this. But speaking of the off season, we're going to get to some. Um, we got everybody here is a representative of the respective teams from the West. We got AFC West with Austin. We got three NFC West guys. We're missing the sea, the sea chickens guy, the free Hawks, but we got Cardinals. We got Niners. We got the Rams and um, I'm going to shoot it over to Austin. I want, I want to hear how you feel with this hectic off season with the losses of rivers and Davis and Watt, all these guys, like how do you feel you uh, you can grade this team and moving forward. How do you feel they're going to do hoping pending the start of the season? If the, if we get a 2020 season, how do you feel that the chargers are going to 
play out? Uh, I feel like they've definitely been busy this offseason. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the loss of Phillip Rivers. Uh, they also lost Melvin Gordon, uh, our starting running back. He went to the Denver Broncos. Um, uh, Adrian Phillips, one of our starting safeties from last year. He's a former All-Pro. He's gone, went to the Patriots. But I feel like we've filled those voids pretty well so far, other than the quarterback position, obviously. Um, the first thing we kind of really did was uh, we traded we traded Russell Okung, our left tackle, uh, to Carolina, and we got Trey Turner, their All-Pro <clears> guard. Uh, he's He's been he's been in Super Bowls. He's a five time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's only 27 years old, so he's got potential there for us to help out on the offensive line, which was a real struggle last year. Uh, Green Bay also. We also got yeah. a, a Brian Bulgaga from Bulaga from Green Bay. So uh, I like him. Those are both a right guard and a right tackle. So I feel like uh, we're definitely setting up our right side of our offensive line. Uh, maybe perhaps to get a left-handed quarterback in the draft, maybe to a Tago Viola, possibly. Um, oh, they traded. It'd be pretty interesting. Pretty, pretty interesting to see what we do with that number six pick in the draft. Uh, but we also we also helped out that defensive side that doesn't need much help to begin with. I mean, they've already got stuck the side of the field. Chris Harris Jr. from uh, Denver, All-Pro cornerback, and Linval Joseph, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. So. Um, I feel like the defense next year is going to be lights out. I feel like they, they have potential to be a top three, top five defense in the NFL. Um, but with Melvin Gordon's departure, uh, we we re-signed Austin Eckler. So I feel like love Eckler. I feel like our, our running our, our running game is much stronger <clears throat> with Eckler at that starting running back position rather than Melvin Gordon. He was such a distraction last year. Yeah, um, huge. So overall – uh, minus the quarterback position, we don't know what's going to happen there. We don't know if it's going to be Tyrod Taylor or if we're going to draft and automatically start one of these quarterbacks in the draft this year. Um, but so far, I would say I would give I would give my team an A minus, a solid A minus, because they've done a lot of good Ooh. things with this with with these additions. Like Chris Harris Jr., their Love secondary is gonna, it's going to be the secondary is going to be lights out next year. So uh, I give it an A minus, uh, minus the quarterback position, obviously, but. I think I think there's a lot of potential with this upcoming season. Yeah. And I hope they don't go. I hope they don't go uh, Tyrod Taylor because that that experiment did not work in Cleveland. It was it was quite the embarrassment in my opinion. But we won't get into that. Lack of talent there, Tyrod. What's that? I think there's a lack of talent at, with that with that uh, Cleveland Browns team he was with. I feel like there's a lot more talent mm. on the Chargers side, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, Bulaga is huge, man. I I really like that. And Chris Harris, that's huge for the for the defensive secondary. They got Derwin James. He was Derwin is a stud, and I feel like adding Chris Harris into that is just gonna they they have a chance to bring the no the no fly zone back to the AFC West with the Chargers, and it's gonna be interesting. It's just yeah, once they nail down that that quarterback position, I it's really gonna be intriguing to see who they're going to go with Tyrod. I, I have my own feelings about Tyrod and I don't think he's horrible, but I, I agree with, with the, with the Browns talent take at that point in time when they tried to start him, because it was, it was just all, it was just a bad position to be in. And it was just, it was just like Baker was gnawing at his ankles and it was, it was, it was going to be a matter of time until Baker Mayfield started. And, it just didn't play out that well. Tyrod could easily take the starting position. 
And it was no questions asked. And it was funny because that 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 Browns game, the last Browns game that Tyrod Taylor played in, um, they were getting booed off that home field against the Jets. I believe it yes. was I believe it was a Thursday night football game, and and yes. you know. <laughs> Every time, yeah. the, every time, you I know, remember it, that game it, forever. It, it would be like third and ten, third and eleven, and they'd run the ball, <laughs> or it'd be like it'd be like second and three, and they'd take like a fifteen yard sack. And I remember watching that game, and I was like, "Wow!" Like the Cleveland Browns, like are they're like their fans are booing them off the field, and then <laughs> you know, you Tyrod Taylor is just like not having it, not having it. He gets hurt, and then Baker Mayfield came in, and he he lit up the Jets. And I, if I remember, he uh, took you know took did some special things with those receivers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally was, believe that the Chargers are like a, a quarterback away from the Super Bowl, though. However, like if if they can get a talented quarterback in the draft, learn learn quick and be ready as soon as possible. The sky's the limit for that team. Agreed. Yeah. Like they're it. they're incredibly talented. Yeah. They, I I love that defense. It's 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 going to come down on Lynn <clears throat> and the coaching staff. It it really is. It's 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 going to be how it's. This season is going to be the definitive coaching season for Anthony Lynn, just with losing a veteran like Philip Rivers like that. And um, right, and it's when when you're in when you get thrown into a job like that, it's it's hard no matter what to get thrown into a head coaching job like that where you're basically on the rebuild. But you, it's so much comfort to know that you have Philip Rivers there. And yeah. now with him gone, he's really approaching something that the Chargers haven't dealt with in so long like since ryan leaf like like they they've had steady quarterbacks um this whole new millennium like it's it's gonna be really interesting to see somebody else suiting up in the starting quarterback position and then you have to think about how that uh you have to think about how that locker room now they has a huge void in leadership yes you know what i mean you have to find that guy you have to find that guy now the next guy has to be the next Philip Rivers in, in terms of uh, how he led that locker room, how he was so vocal about everything. He was vocal right. about, you know, the lack of fans in their stadium. He was vocal about when they were losing their stadium in San Diego. You know what I mean? He's just like, he, I, I always, I look at that guy as like a role model in the NFL. So to, to lose Absolutely. that, to lose that in the locker room, somebody has some big shoes to fill. That's true. He's I, got I'll, a, oh, I'll definitely ahead. say, I'll definitely say that I'm going to root for Philip Rivers in Indianapolis. Like, if the Chargers don't make it to the playoffs for some reason, and the Colts do, like I'm, I'm riding the Colts ship this season. If the Chargers don't do anything, yeah, it, I'm, I'm rooting for him as well. I love. I, I hope he has uh, a rebirth over there. Just with well, this team was so close. They, they faced the Patriots two seasons ago, and it was just a crappy circumstances. They took down a, a very talented Ravens team even before Lamar Jackson's uh, MVP season, they took them down and it was, it was still incredibly crucial how they played, especially on defense against Mm -hmm. them. And, and I feel like that they have that talent to, I I 100% agree. And the quarterback that steps into that position, whoever it may be, at least um, they have Hunter Henry, who I love. They have him franchise tag. That was big. The easy, easy. Yeah. Easy. Just off offload fantasy beast. Like I, I, I think Hunter Henry's going to have a big season this year because whatever quarterback they throw in there, he, he knows how to he knows how to get separation and he knows how to help out in terms of blocking and everything else. So that's huge. They got they got so much talent and it's a it's a tough AFC West with the Chiefs and even the Broncos and um, the Raiders. I feel 
we'll be on the lower tangent, but the Chargers could be sneaky good, very sneaky good. And what are, um, the, what are the chances that a Charger fan sees a Marcus Mariota under center for the Raiders still? <laughs> Dude. Instead of Derek Carr. <laughs> that would be all the oh. What are the chances of that happening? Honestly. Of him taking over the starting position? Yes. Uh, I think they're solid. I mean, if if Mariota has a really good preseason and he outshines Derek Carr, they they might have to have to look at him. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. It's it's Definitely. It's to be it's to be decided. I, I really do feel like I feel like Derek Carr, like I'm one of the few people I'm like I said, none of us are Raiders fans, but I, I do have a liking to Derek Carr and I feel like he is the guy. I feel like he does but he he's the guy for the Raiders, but he's not the guy for Gruden. That's the way I feel. Right. I feel like Gruden is just like he's he's trying to approach somebody else and I that has become pretty evident since he started. But if Derek Carr can ball out, it's just they really, they really need to make big moves, but we'll keep that for the Raiders podcast. <laughs> um, we'll keep, we'll keep this moving with, <laughs> with the Rams, um, the roommates of the Chargers at SoFi this season. Ninety-five uh, percent done. State of the art stadium, beautiful um, stadium that looks like the old logo for some reason, but the Rams just. Uh, we we've had logo crises and um, I I don't I I'm I don't know how to feel about that guys but it's 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 so weird seeing these new logos um, posted up everywhere especially the LA one it's it's really it can be really off putting I was telling Sasai, I was texting him I was I was telling him I was like this is it's Loki growing on me and which is ugly to say because like I was just like looking at it and I was like as long as they don't mess with the horns it's it's fine but like it's it's low key growing on me because I, I I feel like there's nothing I can do about the aesthetic changes of the team, and I do like the Ram a lot, and I'm hoping for success with the with the uniform changes with the re, with that uh, aspect of the rebrand. But um, with that said, with the changes of the logo, we also got changes of the guard. Big losses for the Rams. We've lost Corey Littleton, Dante Fowler, Greg the Leg. I feel like Craig Delegue has hurt me the most out of anybody who yeah. lost Todd Gurley. But, man, <clears throat> I – Different team. Different team next year than what you're used to seeing for sure. Dude. A lot yes, different. That's putting it lightly. That is putting it so lightly. Like, it's Greg Delegue. Like, I was watching – during this quarantine, girlfriend's been home all day, and she's been watching Hell's Kitchen, and I managed to stumble in on an episode – and I, I, of course, I managed to step in on the episode where <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, it's one of the season finale episodes. They're uh, dining in the dining room to be served by the, by the com- competitors is Jared Goff, Tyler Higby, Greg Zerline, and Roger Saffold, two guys that are no longer Rams. Oh, that, that kills me. It's like, it's wow. like I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of this show. But we... We've also lost uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman on this in the secondary, who is known for the uh, the infamous no call against the Saints. Um, Clay Matthews, which is whatever, that's eh, Clay Matthews is on his way out anyways. But the re-signings, obviously, I feel that they're going to go draft uh, when they're going to go offensive line heavy in the draft. Um, they kept Austin Blythe, 
who has been uh, expendable on the line uh, at center, guard, and tackle, especially in this last season with the injuries sustained, uh, Andrew Whitworth. Signed to a three-year deal, which is incredibly surprising. He's he's yes. old guy. He's yeah. he's on his way. He's out. gray haired, gray beard. Yeah, he's a, he's one of them gray beard guys, and and he was a free agent, and they re-signed him. So he's incredibly That's crucial good. to Goff's success on the on the blind side. So it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. It was a down year for him, to to put it lightly. It was a very down year for him. Michael Brockers said to be Ravens. Ended up passing his physical or had a mix up with the deal. Ending up passing his physical. Rams brought him back. I think that's huge for the de- defensive line for Aaron Donald just to keep focus on um, Michael Brockers. So I'm going to direct this at, uh, oh, after I get my grade, I'm going to get Kyle in the conversation because uh, the defending NFC champion, we, we got to get his take. So, Honestly, with everything considered, these losses, Todd Gurley, he he has been sustaining injuries. I feel Rams is D plus, C minus, very, very, very um, unexcited about these moves that they're making. I'm hoping the draft can breathe some energy in. Also, no more Wade Phillips as a D, as a defensive coordinator. We got Brandon Staley, which I'm excited about, but. Losing Wade is huge, and I I just don't know how this is going to play out for this team. It's it's looking like the team is making moves like it's going to be a last place in the NFC West season. And I, I would like to know, as the first place of the NFC West and first place of the whole NFC, what Kyle has to say about that. So the Niners had you know a tough choice coming into this offseason and whether they wanted to bring back defensive end Ark Armstead or not who had a career year in 2019 and pretty much led this, uh, the, the team in sacks this past season with 10. And uh, his buddy and former Oregon teammate at uh, University of Oregon, DeForest Buckner, they, they both played together in college and with the Niners. Uh, his contract wasn't up until next offseason. However, the Niners were kind of put in a bind on deciding um, which direction to go in because obviously they weren't going to be able to afford both guys with Bosa, you know, needing money down the road. So yeah. it was kind of a tough choice for the team to make. And uh, as much as it hurt me to see the Niners deal, arguably their best player on the team since he's been drafted back in 2016, it did, or uh, I did feel more comfortable in trading him. That's DeForest Buckner. They traded him to the Indianapolis Colts for a first round pick, the 13th pick overall. It, it kind of hurt to see considering he's been our best player, you know, for a while. Um, but after the Colts made him the second highest paid defender in the league behind only your boy, Aaron Donald, you know, it made sense for us to um, cope with and it kind of lessen the, uh, the hurt because I don't think we were getting, getting anywhere near uh, the money he was going to be demanding in today's NFL. I, I'm totally behind it because I'm not interested in devoting that much money to a single player outside of maybe the quarterback position. Uh, but the part that does worry me about the decision and going Armstead over Buckner has has been the health. Uh, Armstead has been kind of known as to not be the healthiest of guys, whereas Buckner has been pretty reliable throughout his whole career. Um, but dealing Buckner also allowed us to bring back quite a few guys like cornerback Jimmy Ward, and we saved quite a bit of money. So um, considering all that, we were all able to bring back 10 of our 11 starters on defense next year 
And obviously anybody who watched football last year knows how potent that defense was for us. Pretty much carried us most of the way into the year. Um, One move that the team didn't make that uh, a lot of fans were kind of keeping their fingers crossed on was uh, Emmanuel Sanders, the receiver who we acquired midseason at the trade deadline from the Broncos and was without a doubt the most valuable midseason trade of the season. He was he was awesome for us. Uh, But instead of he he obviously went to. uh, the, the Saints, but instead of bringing him back, they went a different direction and picked up Tyrell Williams, who will likely compete for the slot position um, with the often injured Trent Taylor. Um, considering all that, I'd probably go with a uh, a B grade. I mean, a lot of a lot of how this offseason overall looks, it kind of depends on what direction we go in at the draft. Uh, the Niners went from having only the 31st overall pick and not a single pick in rounds two through four to now having two first round picks. So I think right now I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable giving them a B, but um, we'll see what happens after the draft. And for a guy who had no, no GM experience, John Lynch is John Lynch. Kicking. Yeah. He's, he's been dynamite and he's, a lot of his, yeah. a lot of his draft wins Agreed, have been in those rounds two through four. And without them having a single pick in those rounds, we'll see what he's what he's going to do this time around. Since this is kind of uncharted territory for him in the draft. Yeah, I definitely. feel like Tyrell Williams is going to definitely flourish for you guys because if, if he if you do put him in that slot position, uh, I think he's definitely going to flourish just because he was in that slot position when he was a Charger. Uh, he played behind uh, obviously Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. And he's a really, really good uh, deep threat as well. So I remember Rivers just throwing bombs to him, and he would catch everything. So I feel like he's a really big addition for you guys on that offensive side. I like it. I like it too. Yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be the Niners' way or the highway this season. Um, a big competitor, I feel, on the come up, especially with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, these Cardinals with Cliff and uh, Kyler. It's 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 going to be interesting to see this little change of the guard. Like you can never count out the Seahawks, and I don't want to count out the Rams either. But it's just with all these moves, it's it feels like a step down is imminent. But with the Cardinals, you got Chandler Jones on the on the defensive side, and and he has just been wreaking havoc every single season he's he's been in the league. And it's it's going to be incredible to see what the Cardinals can do. And with that said. Sasai, give us your takes on how you feel the Cardinals have done this offseason. Let me say two words. Next season is going to be red season, baby. <laughs> that's all I'm saying, baby. That's, that's, we're coming for that. We're coming red, for that. Red season. Trophy, two, two words. We're, we're, we're coming for that hat and that T-shirt, baby. So keep them warm. I'm I excited. Like I'm stoked. Hey, listen. Okay. Well, first of all, the first, the good, the, the first good thing that happened this offseason for them right off the bat was that in January, Larry Fitzgerald said, hey, I'm going to come right back. So, you know, uh, I wasn't scared or anything that he was going to leave the team. Uh, I'm, every year that passes by, I'm like, oh, is he going to retire? Is he going to retire? It hasn't happened. He's still playing. He's still putting up good numbers. Um, he's just he's just amazing. I can't believe he's been playing since 2004. So, for him to come At back. such a and, consistent level, too. Like, his yeah, hands, man. Yeah. He's – he's, I, I'd be sh- – Remiss who who has who has better hands as a possession receiver as that guy? Like he's not he's not a down the field threat, but Larry, man, he's just his hands. He, yeah, he always yeah. gets the job done, especially with a young quarterback. That's essential. 
I mean, he's still. He, I mean, he's still posted 804 yards this year. So Huge, not yeah. bad for the old guy. Not bad for the old guy. You know, he caught four touchdowns, and he's been on. The, he's been on the decline touchdown wise, but I mean, he's still. You know, 2015 through 2017, he he, he had over a thousand yards, and then just these last two years, he's been kind of kind of down because obviously last year they didn't have a good quarterback, but now they have Kyler Murray. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what I think is crazy is is just the fact that you know they they started off the splash of the off season when everybody got the breaking news that DeAndre Hopkins got traded there. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Oh, I couldn't believe. Man. I thought it was a troll. I I had to check the blue check mark on on Adam Schefter's <laughs> account because I, I just I, I said there's no freaking way that they just got arguably arguably one of the top five receivers in the NFL. Huge argument. Okay. He he makes a huge argument. He he he's in the top two. He's in the top two conversation. He, last year, last year he played. He only missed one game. Uh, if he played fifteen games, those fifteen games, he had one thousand one hundred sixty-five receiving yards, Jeez. seven touchdowns, and that's him sharing the field with Will Fuller and you know Duke Johnson. And huge all those talent. guys. but 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 yeah, yeah. but <laughs> you put a, you you put a, you put him in Arizona next to Larry Fitzgerald, next to Christian Kirk. I mean that's. Those are some weapons. I mean, for there's how often is DeAndre Hopkins gonna gonna draw two defenders next season and leave Kirk wide open, leave Andy Isabella wide open, you know, Larry Fitzgerald wide open? Like, you really want an open Larry Fitzgerald? I, I don't know, man. No. He's gonna catch. He's gonna catch. He's gonna catch those balls. So I'm stoked. You know, they they made a lot of moves. That that was like the the craziest move they made out of them all. But um, trading David Johnson was huge. That he was just a a ticking time bomb and. They did not want to be around when he blew up. So he literally, like, probably one of the most disappointed players I've ever been in is probably David Johnson as a Cardinals fan. Because, I mean, you talk about a That's guy a that in 2015 – yeah, it is a huge bummer. <laughs> you talk about a guy in 2015 and 2016. I mean, 2016 – If he, seriously, think about these stats in 2016, which was his career year, his Pro Bowl year. He had 1,239 rushing yards. Uh, yeah, rushing yards. 16 touchdowns, and then on top of that, he had 80 receptions and 879 yards receiving in 2016. Like, he has he had Pro Bowl numbers and he had wide receiver Pro Bowl numbers. The BA like, effect that is that is ridiculous. That is crazy. And then the BA next year, he, the next year, 2017, first game of the year, he broke his wrist and he was just never the same. He just ever since he got injured, he came back and he wasn't the same runner. He wasn't as explosive anymore. He Seem to be scared of hitting the holes. I don't know if he's just scared about his wrist or, but he was on the demise. And last year was just a horrible year for him. I mean, literally, he he only had 345 rushing yards last year, so that's very underwhelming. And but I'm excited because you know Kenyon Drake came in and he just tore it up. <laughs> I mean, since the first game he yeah. played against the Niners Thursday Night Football, the first game that they got Kenyon Drake, he just ate it up. Yeah, you know, was that the, was that rushing game. yards? I mean, going ham, you know. Oh my goodness! I mean, and then Murray, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, that gets—he's twenty-two years old. Think about that. The future is that's bright. a twenty-two. That's a twenty-two-year-old so kid out there slinging balls. That's a twenty-two-year-old kid out there. I mean, last year, I mean, three thousand seven hundred twenty-two passing yards. Huge. I mean, that's up he's, there, man. Sixty. He was a baller last year, man. He was—he was such yeah. a baller. He's—it was just his career is going to be so interesting. And it, it, Cliff, Cliff is the guy that. I feel they really nailed that that coaching hire. I really felt like when when they went with Cliff Kingsbury, like it's it was at that time. It was 
oh, everybody's just trying to nail the next Sean McVay and this and that. But Cliff Kingsbury definitely gave, gave off a different kind of vibe in that sense where I, I, I had a feeling that the Cardinals were probably going to be um, lingering uh, last place or third place in the in the division, but but very productive. Not not in any means like it, there was going to be bright sides, and there's so many bright sides to this team, even coming off of that season. Like it's like even even when they tied that first game, it was like that was a bright side. That was like this team they they showed the will to fight and the way they played against the Ravens and everybody else. It, it, yeah, they they they're going to be explosive, and it's going to be incredible with a full another off season of. Of Kyler and Cliff, how, yeah, how they're gonna yeah. apply that to the exactly. offense. But what's your? He really man? impressed me. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with with an A plus. <laughs> yeah, when you get the got, Hopkins, they they got one of the best yeah. receivers in the NFL for a stick of you butter. Can thank, and you can thank uh, and B-O-B, you can thank O'Brien for that. <laughs> yes, for that thank A-O-B. you, O'Brien. You are you are base God has your <laughs> has your blessing. You are. You're awesome. So yeah, I give him a plus. I'm excited, Man, I'm excited for the future. Those Texans. I'm super stoked. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I agree that it's it's going to be interesting to see how that time uh, the talent applies to the offense. It's when you get when you make a move like that, it's you see it as something where no matter what happens, it's going to work. It's just going to work. It's just, I sure hope so. I, that's that's the didn't way. Even, I didn't. It. Yeah, and I, and I think and I think they're going to go. They're gonna have to go offensive tackle with the eight overall pick. Yeah, I was, I was just unless they trade. Uh, unless, um, yeah, unless they trade out of it. I was just about to bring that know? up. It looks like they're uh, looking at numerous mocks. It's it looks like they're looking at Isaiah Simmons, uh, Clemson linebacker, which is um, that that's just that's just something I see on a consistent level. But um, they they really should go yeah. offensive line. That they, they already have no, Blue yeah. Baker and. Yeah. and Everything else, it's like Patrick Peterson still. Yeah, you know, it's... but I, but I, but I think they're gonna go Tristan Wirfs, uh, Iowa. He's the best. Uh, he's the best tackle in the draft. He, uh, he got. I think he graded like a six point four eight in the through NFL.com. So, which basically means they graded him as a as a starter on in his first year. But I mean, that dude, he he'd be huge. He would be. I, I need somebody in there to protect they Kyler need... Murray because last year, I don't even. I I, I think that was their Kyler Murray was the guy sacked. Yeah, he must have gotten sacked. I don't even know, maybe over eighty times, something like that. Absolutely. It was bad. Absolutely, they need it to bolster bad, that so. lineup. They need to. They need to, especially in the West, where the West is notoriously known for having just monster lines. Every team has has some players in that line that just hunt quarterbacks. So, Austin, which team has had the best off season? Best off season? Uh, I I mean. It's, it could be a toss-up between the Arizona Cardinals. I think they've done great. They shocked the world, you know, by trading for uh, for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I also feel like the Dolphins have made some pretty decent moves. I mean, I know they had a terrible year last year and all that, but uh, I've seen that they've made some pretty decent moves on their, their uh, defensive side of the football as well. Um, I mean, not trying to be biased or anything, but I do feel like the Chargers made, made a, really, a lot of uh, strong moves this offseason as well. But the Buccaneers yeah. and getting Tom Brady, I think that can't ignore that. But honestly, I, I would probably say the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like they're going to be a really improved team next year uh, offensively. Like Kyler Murray's got the weapons, and I think it's, it's going to be his time to shine. Kyle. Yeah, so the offseason choice is Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. Uh, that news pretty much shook up the NFL landscape and caught a lot of people off guard. It's going to be weird seeing 
Tom Terrific in a jersey, you know, other than New England's. But uh, my guy's size head's probably going to be growing right now. But I, I, I agree. Car- Cardinals <laughs> were my choice. I mean, anytime you put he, – he said arguably top five, but I think he's without a doubt in the top five Hopkins is. I mean, considering all the quarterbacks he's had thrown his way in, over the years, obviously um, the guy he's got or had most recently in, uh over there, Watson was, was a stud. But before that, he has had little to nothing – uh, throwing the ball to him so considering all that he's he's been outstanding but not only does he have one of the all-time greats in uh larry fitzgerald to now learn from uh but that move pretty much lets cardinals fans know that they're legitimately putting in all their chips in the pot you know they mean business they're, they're out here going after you know all-star talent when other teams who are one receiver away from being you know contenders so obviously they're 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 they mean business, so I, it's got to be Arizona in my eyes. Sasai, what say you? I can't argue with you, but you know what? I'm actually, I'm actually not going to go Arizona. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Because I think that the, I think the team that, that honestly is probably going to make the most noise next year, like the most improved team, I think that's going to give them probably coach of the year, um, some sort of represent, representation in the, in the Pro Bowl. I think it's the Dallas Cowboys, Ooh. honestly. Ooh. And I'll, yeah, I mean, okay. think about who they think about who they've gotten. Now they got they got your boy Bones out there, yeah, special, special teams. teams. Coach. That's a huge upgrade in the special teams. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Who does he bring with him? His his kicker, yeah, Greg Zerline. So now you now now the Cowboys have a legitimate kicking game, which is something that they've been kind of iffy, you know, the past couple of years. But now they have a legitimate kicking game. He kicks indoors, which he when he used to kick in. In St. Louis indoors, I mean, he used to bomb those Great balls. Point. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. they're they're pretty. They're gonna he's, they're gonna be pretty solid with him. Um, you know, they got Alden Smith, huge news. Ooh. I mean, Alden Smith, he hasn't he hasn't played for a couple of years. <laughs> he's currently suspended, but but I mean, if he's the animal he used to be, if he can channel that, I mean, they got that, yeah that animosity seven years ago. Uh, man, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a very and on top weak of that, division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on top of that, I mean, they got Dontari Poe. I mean, Dontari Poe is, you know, he's known to be a good defensive tackle. And then they also got Gerald McCoy. So, I mean, they're just adding, they're just stocking up, <clears throat> just stocking up that defense, which is already really good. They're just stocking it up. You know, they franchise Dak, Dak Prescott, which he isn't horrible. He, and then they re-sign Amari Cooper. Like, they're making all these moves out of nowhere. You're just like, oh, my God, like the Cowboys, they also mean business. They got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yes. I mean, you know what I mean? Sean Lee re-signed. Sean Lee's huge on that team. He resigned, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they got Anthony Brown, three-year deal. Anthony Brown, he's a cornerback. So, and they lost. Uh, oh man, who was it? Frederick, yeah, the surprise retirement. I, th- I, I, I think. Yeah, if, if, yeah, yeah. That's which, which is huge. The offensive line, but yeah, just. So I think yeah. So for for me, I think the offseason winner so far has been Dallas, in my opinion. Somebody, uh, they're yeah, just I, for the NFC. So my NFC pick, um. It, they they've been on my radar, especially since they picked up their head coach is um, the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts with Frank Reich. He worked with Philip Rivers in San Diego before, and that defense with Darius Leonard, they're so so strong, and I feel like they're they're due for a big season with that. With their offensive line is the studs, all of them. They're all studs, and it's just it's going to be so interesting to see how Reich can get going with an actual. 
factor in quarterback because he lost out on luck. Well, he he had luck and they played they played incredibly well, made it to the playoffs um, two seasons ago and made a made a decent <clears throat> run. But I think Reich with Philip Rivers, I I really feel like Reich is the QB whisperer. He he was behind everything that had to do with Philadelphia winning that Super Bowl, and I will stand for Frank Reich forever for the rest of my life he's my favorite coach that is not on the rams and i think the the colts are due for a big run with um even with the titans i feel like the titans what they did this last season they're they're still incredible with derrick henry who just signed the tag to go back there and everything else i feel like the colts are going to make a big move but on the nfc side i think it's the cardinals i think the cardinals have had an incredible offseason and I think between those two teams, I, I like Colts are Colts are underdogs. They went seven and nine last year, but I feel like with the moves that they they've made and their coaching staff, I feel like they're due for a big twenty twenty. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how the the Colts actually do. It, it could be completely blow up in their face and everything else. But we're gonna talk a little pre draft right now. We got. The Rams are outside of the first round completely. They don't have their first pick until, um, let's see, pick 52. So I'm not quite sure how – I think they're going to go offensive line just to keep it going because they're – with all the injuries that they sustained last year with Whitworth and Blythe moving all over the line and just trying to keep these young guys moving – the, the NFC Championship season, there was no moves on the offensive line. They had the same five guys. They, they had Havenstein, Southfold, Blythe, Whitworth, and it, there was nothing wrong. And John Sullivan, who is now a journeyman, who, who knows where he's at, and I miss him incredibly. But I think that's where the Rams need to assess their needs is just getting offensive line and then probably focusing on the defense with the loss of Corey Littleton and – and Dante Fowler. So yeah, with the with the eighth pick, Cardinals. Do you see a trade up? Do you see a trade up further? Do you see them trading any any yes. sort of any sort of things that I I don't that it's a high they have a high pick, but it's do you really see them going up any further? Well, I mean, I I may, no, I I think. Maybe yeah, but I, if they would not have gotten uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think they were gonna probably draft CD Lamb. Oh, yeah. So, but now that now that they got Hopkins, I mean they have the offensive line to worry about. But I mean, if an offer comes to the table that's that you, that you can't resist, obviously I mean, you're gonna you're gonna take it to ten. Especially you know, if you if you double up on first round picks, I mean, pff, why don't you? You know, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they would trade up, but I think I think if they don't trade up, they're gonna take Tristan Wirfs for sure. Yeah. That'd be a very good pick for them. Um, Chargers in the uh, the sixth pick in the first round. Who you got, Austin? Uh, <clears throat> obviously, quarterback's the biggest need we have right now. Um, I can I, I, honestly, I can kind of see them trading up just to get ahead of the Dolphins and maybe trying to get Tua because I, I, I feel like it's going to be either us or the Dolphins getting Tua Tago Viola. Uh, other than that, uh, Justin Herbert would be a great addition to the cool. team as well, but. Uh, I definitely see quarterback is obviously our biggest need. Uh, offensive line, maybe in the second round, uh, for the left side of that line. That left side of the line needs a lot of help with the loss of Russell, uh, 
Russell Okung. But uh, quarterback seems to be the way for that first round draft pick. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go with that first round pick. Um, pick 13 from the Colts, Niners. Um, and then they also got their 31st pick for being number one in the NFC. Um, who you, who you see there? Uh, who you see the San Francisco 49ers going with? Oh, so where the Niners go with that 13th pick, unless they trade it, which I'm not expecting them to. They might trade it the 31st. Um, but where they go with the 13th will kind of depend on what direction the, the Raiders take. I'm seeing mock drafts left and right that have um, the Raiders going CD Lamb or Jerry Judy, the receiver from uh, Alabama. Looks like the Niners are going to go that direction, and we pretty much need it. Um, we need that big time receiver. We have Debo Samuel, obviously, who's not a big, huge guy, but obviously he's a playmaker. But we need that 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 big uh, target, and uh, it looks like CD Lamb's going to be there unless he goes the pick prior to the to the Raiders. So I think it's going to be one of either Judy or or CD Lamb. Um, and then with that thirty first pick, we kind of touched on it earlier how how dynamite of a job uh, John Lynch, the GM, has done. I think they're going to trade that thirty first pick and try to, you know, get some more picks since they don't have a single pick in rounds two through four. Um, so I think they'll, they'll trade out of the first round and try to um, acquire a few second or third round picks for it just because uh, the Niners during the uh, Kyle Shanahan and uh, John Lynch regime, they've been pretty good at finding diamonds in the rough. George Kittle, for example, a fifth round pick. Uh, Fred Warner, the uh, the stud linebacker out of BYU, was a third round pick. So I think they're uh, – their bread and butter has been those those middle round picks, so I think they'll uh, they'll try to accumulate more of those with that thirty first pick. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders um, act in that pick prior, but I agree. It's that's that's been a huge plus of Les Snead, the GM of the Rams, too. It's Sean McVay hasn't had a first round pick in his head coaching career, and still they've nailed guys like Cooper Cup and. Jamil Demby and like these young guys who who can show with good coaching at the pro level that they they can flourish with the right guidance and and even become leaders of the team at such a at such a young point in their career. So it's going to be interesting. Um, very very much appreciative for you guys joining me. I'm, I'm sure it was incredibly easy to get get you guys sitting down um, in your houses and talk some football with me. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. Any any plans? Any plans for tomorrow? Same, any uh, part two WrestleMania? Any? Uh, I'm watching. I'm watching WrestleMania. The main event? Very the main event? Mania, but uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Wow. So you got a Drew McIntyre. He's from Scotland. He's about six foot eight, pure muscle. Jesus, the walking <laughs> boulder. So I think. <clears throat> I think it's about time that they pass on the belt to somebody else. Brock Lesnar, he, he's been holding him for a couple of years now, and I'm, I'm glad that they're finally going oh, a different goodness. direction. So we'll see what's up, though. We'll see what's up. It's very weird having a, you know, WrestleMania is one of the biggest sports in the world in, in the yeah. country, you know what I mean? Every year. I mean, they, they you know I mean? They pack arenas, not even arenas anymore. They, they have to do stadiums now because they just, the popularity just got so huge at WrestleMania. So I just, it's it's crazy to see the way it is with no fans. Well, I no see your building and I raised you. I'm doing laundry. Holla. Tomorrow's <laughs> <laughs> laundry day. I agree. I got I got some laundry to do. I'm, 
yeah, I got some dishes stacking up that I've just been lazy. I've been trying to grind some smash, you know, um, just playing card games with Miranda and just, I, I should probably do something a little bit more productive. I've, I've been working, but it's still like when even the downtime when I'm not, when I'm at home, it's, it feels like I have been a part thoroughly a part of this quarantine. Yes. Sundays are my usual, um, <laughs> yeah. days even before all this madness, but I'm still working during all this. So I've, I've got, we get the work clothes ready. So Definitely. spring clean, got to do the same, man. Spring clean <laughs> prep for a very solemn Easter. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to how this plays out. Um, should definitely get together before the draft on, um, April 23rd, um, kick off a call again with you guys. I and if you're listening to us, absolutely, man. Ramble on about our sports. Um, I'm Andrew Irvin. That's Sasai Alarcon Cabanas. Austin Taylor and Kyle Frazier. Kyle Frazier. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, absolutely, brother. Anytime. Yeah. And um, we'll catch you guys later. All righty.